Time Podcast with Michael Laurent. It is Tuesday, November 9th. In this episode, Manchester City embarrass United again. The sword swings again, but this time for Farka and Smith and West Ham are in the top three after defeating Liverpool. But first, Mike, I had a thought. I pose this question to you. Is the Premier League on its way to being bigger than the Champions League? Discuss. On its way, definitely, yes. Uh, it's certainly not there yet, but it's almost as if, you know, when we were talking about this a little bit before we hit the record button, they're, uh, the Premier League is Jeff Bezos, right? They're Amazon, and and the rest of Europe has, has been decimated by not, I mean, listen, the pandemic was the kill shot for a lot of these big, big clubs and a lot how they of- all started crumbled. But there was a lot of cracks in the foundations before that. So, for sure, for um, sure. you know, there's so this precedes the pandemic and it and it certainly precedes all of the recent things that have sort of led to this epiphany that you've had. Right. Um, yeah. And and and, the, and I'm just going to give you the trigger. The trigger was Conte. And then it sort of was just brewing in my mind. I'm like, Newcastle in the Premier League with this sovereign wealth fund. Then Conte, enough, no disrespect, choosing Spurs. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This is like, we talked about it as a little joke of like, (laughs) yeah, it's like that New York City. The rest of Europe is becoming Newark. It's like, it's sucking (laughs) all the energy in and you sort of have this vortex of wealth, money and power. But I just, the next logical step was like, is it bigger than the Premier, than the Champions League? And I'm, I'm, I think it is. I think we're getting very close to that moment where England can just be like, yeah, no, nah, I'm all right. <laughs> well, and you'll see you'll see that win out, right? Because, I mean, we've talked it till we were blue in the face on this show about how Barcelona is, is just in tatters. Juve, we don't give enough to, but they're a mess too. They're currently top of their Champions League group. I, I understand they've beaten Chelsea before. But they're also in 10th. <laughs> right. Uh Real Madrid hanging in there on name alone in the group I think, stage. But... I, I, I think I think with Real, they tra- Florentino Perez may be a lunatic. He's not stupid. He sort of saw, I was like, let's sell Ronaldo for $150 million. Oh, no, sure, absolutely. And buy young players and just roll with this. I think we'll be okay. Yes. And then I think the Barca collapse hit, made it go, oh, thank God. We're better than everybody else. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they're the only boat that hasn't taken on that much water, right? In that in that league. I mean, Atletico yeah. is still sitting there, but they're a shell they're of the okay. They're okay. They're okay. Well. I think they're okay. I mean, they they sold Griezmann for 140 and bought him back for 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And I'm not saying so much <laughs> that, but like, yeah, it's just it it feels like all of the juice, all of the attention. Now, we are biased. We are a Premier League show primarily. Um we think yeah, you, we think about it pretty much every second of every day, but we also yeah. used to think of it in the context of you're a Man City fan, I'm a Spurs supporter, but like, man, the 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 big European nights, Spurs playing against Barcelona and Real Madrid in recent years. I mean, I, I guess the real question is, is like, does anyone think any team in Europe is going to win the Champions League? No, and that's kind of what I was getting to, right? Like, like I mean, in in so much as when we had if, the All English final in 2019, yeah. it was a fluke, right? I mean, yeah, it was on weird. both sides because yeah. Liverpool, not that they didn't deserve to be there, that we just had one last comeback. year too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Forgot about that for a second. Uh, no, but like I was just saying, go, going, g- g- yeah, getting back to you know it, the 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 inflection point, like you said, Ronaldo being sold by Real Madrid did two things. It took a lot of the juice out of. La Liga, 
because it was you lost the the Batman versus Joker thing with with Messi and Ronaldo in whichever order you'd like to choose. Um, and so you basically had a superhero with no supervillain or no equal, if you will. Um, yeah. so that sort of petered out and then you saw how the messy saga ended, but that, and, but that's, but that, and that's, and that's due to mismanagement by Barcelona. Like it is, it's a it catastrophe is. As, as much how as, badly as, it's and that's what I'm saying. As much as you can, you can say that the pandemic accelerated a lot of these things, they were almost already in motion. A lot of them. And you look at Juve where Ronaldo went, yeah, sure. They won Serie A. Um, they basically won Serie A every year for a decade. So it wasn't so much that he Anymore. made the difference. But then they lose. They don't win it last year. They're in 10th this year. They're in complete disarray. They spent $150 million on the guy. I mean, what what did that really get you? Did it get you the Champions League? Nope. No. no so no. It wasn't. Um, I mean, it, yeah. But I think the larger pieces here are just like – there's a lot of indicators. There's a weakening of 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 the of the of La Liga. There's a weakening of the strongest team in Italy. Bayern basically runs its league. Their only competition, they buy the manager, the best striker, and their best defenseman from mm. them. So we don't think Red Bull Leipzig is going to do anything. We the, the and and the structure of the German league is such that it doesn't allow for massive investment. So it just is where it is. And the reason why Bayern Munich is even anywhere near these other clubs is because there's so much better run than anything in Spain or Italy, right? So you have that. You have Inter winning a league and then selling everyone off. Just fires. Ironically, to the Premier League, right? And then the vortex of energy. But the thing that triggered it for me was like, I started thinking like, Conte coming to the Premier League. It is the premier place to be. And that mm-hmm. just brings more eyeballs. Uh, it is the premier place to be. You know, when there's a sovereign wealth fund, yeah, sure, Qatar picked off P- Paris Saint-Germain. Why? Because it had the name Paris in it. That right. wasn't a big team. PSG were not the biggest team in France. The biggest team in France is Marseille. The biggest team in France historically was Saint-Étienne or, or Lyon. They bought it because yep. the name. The same reason... Manchester City was bought. I'm of no illusion. They bought it because they, they said, says Manchester in the team. <laughs> right. That's about football, right? So yeah. Manchester City uh, is purchased by my team. And I just think that, you know, we saw with the Super League that Florentino Perez is a really shrewd actor. He saw the landscape of the league. And I think to a lesser extent, Agnelli at Juve, he saw the landscape and said, the boat be sinking. Yeah, we got to get in and, on this. Yeah, there's, and he tried a... to create a system where he could capture the wealth and power of the Premier League by right. tricking them into right. closing their league. And so think about – exactly, right. Think about how this was marketed when it came out last season, right? It was uh, Barca and Real and Juve. And, and they are and, still and holding to it, by the way. I know, I know. And the Uniteds and Liverpools – inviting the Arsenals, the Tottenham's, and so on and so forth from the Premier League. No, 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 no. They were trying to to hitch a ride on the gravitational pull that was pushing everything and everyone, as we've seen since, closer to the Premier League, closer to London, closer to Manchester. And so they were almost as if they were selling off of – they were like borrowing against themselves, selling off of their brand. It was snake oil. Right. They're all saying, hey, you'll get to be in a league no matter what happens. You'll always be in a league with with Barca, with Real Madrid, with Juventus. But in reality, Tottenham you would all snuck their way in there. I would. Yes. But it's why? Why? It's <laughs> the same thing you that? just said about the word yeah. Manchester. They're in London. 
That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Okay. And yeah. and in this is this is the weird sense that we're a world that we're in now. Realistically, what we're talking about is the the world superpowers of Europe would actually get to be in a league with Arsenal, with Tottenham, with that's with what Man they City. want. They that's would love right. Real Madrid would love to be in the Premier League. Exactly. If they could. They'd yep. be like, yeah, we'll be in a premier. Fuck so yeah, tried, we're in. And so they tried to like, make We're one. not going to get relegated. Let's take out Burnley and put it around Madrid. It's not <laughs> right. that far. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then Barca would be like, yeah, I'll be in the fucking yeah. premier league They already too. go to Wales. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> so, no, so, so that's I kind do of, think, yeah, it's, interesting. It, it's fascinating. It's a big thing. Um, and, you know, this week we had, we had a heavyweight fight that was really not a heavyweight fight. We had what heavyweight name fight, the biggest legacy club ever, Manchester United, versus the biggest representative of the nouveau riche of mm-hmm. uh, in in my club, Manchester. For City. now, for now, <laughs> we'll see. And then um, another pasting where the narrative is Ole out. We've done Ole out so much, but I just have to give shrift to this team. This was as bad, if not worse, than the Liverpool game just that City didn't score five goals because the same thing happened in the last 20 minutes mm-hmm. where City just passed the ball around, except United weren't a man down. That's worse. So, and, and I it thought about bad. this. And they dom- it was dominant from end to end. It was. Complete, total dominance. City understood what to do against a back three. All they went, oh, worked against Spurs. Yeah. Uh, you know what? This ain't fucking Spurs. This no, is Manchester City, the best coached, best funded, best collection of players to fay a certain way in the world, right? I'm not saying we're the best players in the world, but the best collection of players to play in the system they want. To the play. right amount of the right specific players in that system, right? And right. so, yeah, uh, I, I mean, think notably though, no Jack Grealish, which actually was interesting because City played faster. So when you you <laughs> talked a lot about, I watched uh, Kevin De Bruyne closely. He was good. Uh, you, he was good. He was he was okay. He was good, but he wasn't De Bruyne good. And he was no. doing a lot of those passes and just basically he does them ten times and you you only see the highlights where he hits it once. Right? He played um, deeper. He still yeah. looks a little like he's on painkillers. But this That's was a I perfect mean. game for him because United didn't get close to him. No one tried right. to kick him. Yeah, they, yeah. they they had no moments of anything. This mm-hmm. was a game for Cancelo and Walker. They completely. <sighs> annihilated no, no, no. and one more Ooh. bernardo silva well Holy he just does cow. whatever the fuck he wants that's, no that's but but role. but having the <laughs> it wasn't walker so much it was watching the tandem and i'll get into the comment commentary on this in a second because it was lacking i thought severely um bernardo silva shooting down the right and and having Cancelo, you know just kind of finding him listen the goal right before halftime that frankly ended up killing the game if it was one nil coming off the second half i think it's a totally different united they but got that broken by punch. that goal. It was a gut yeah. punch right before half. But um, but just watching the two of them just basically pinging balls to each other the whole game. It wasn't just for that goal. Uh, it was fantastic. There was not a man of the match. It was the two of them. I couldn't I couldn't decide between. Yeah, them. and Roger. I mean, the thing is that happens with City is it's it, it it's frustrating to be a City fan because it is methodical, mm-hmm. it is collective, it is robotic in the sense that it's precise and you don't really have that much fun narrative story. It's just whenever city win, this is what they're supposed to do. This is yeah. 
And when they lose, what a heroic effort it was from the other team. Uh, And so, again, between Liverpool and City, Liverpool is just a much more charismatic team in the way they play. And uh, we'll get to their game as well. But hold on, I want to get back into that that but city, But City annihilated them and we go into Ole out and we go into a bunch of coaches getting fired and he's still there. Yeah. Well, so before we get into the the new sword of Damocles, um, the sword swung many heads are everywhere. There are just bloods everywhere. Um, We're watching here in the States. It's on NBC sports. You've got uh, Arlo white and grandma. So and Lee Dixon on the call. And it felt like for most of that game, instead of talking about what an absolute, and it's like you said, it's going to the narrative. It's at old Trafford. Their fans are chanting for Donnie Vandebeek to come on for some Which is, reason. Um, because they don't, because you don't, because they don't want to chant. You don't know what you're doing. Right. Cause, cause they're well, nice. It worked for Nuno. Um, but <laughs> to be uh, fair to United fans, they really don't, they really, they do don't hate him. I get it. I get it. But nice. it just felt like, and it's, this is, I talk about it a lot on the show. It's, it's, the man-made narratives, right? It's the excuses. It's the just you know what the narrative was is that, like I mentioned, that Joao Cancelo and Bernardo Silva were unbelievably dominant on the day. <laughs> well, but but it was the way that they Shit played, right? The reason yeah, that's the thing with City. Like they were like sharks if, in water. Right. But if United had any coaching or knew what to do, where they said, Okay, Cancelo, if 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 Ole had gone to say Juan Masaka. Go fucking lock him up. What would happen would be Phil Foden would have been free the whole time. Because every time I saw Foden out on a wing, Wambasaka was on him. I was like, he ain't getting past Wambasaka. Nobody yeah, gets right. past him. Like Wambasaka is a special player one-on-one defense. Incredible. Going forward, mm-hmm. disaster. But when he when you're on the wing and trying to go past him, you're like, yeah, that, that sucks. No, sure. So instead, you just pass the ball back out to the half space where Cancelo is, and he crosses it in in that Trent Alexander-Arnold space, and he just puts I, it in. <laughs> I wrote this note late in the game. Yeah. I don't know if it finished that way. I stopped looking, but United had more shots on target on their goal than they did on City's. That's kind of game That's we correct. watched. They did, so, they did nothing, and I mean, yeah, Ronaldo had one shot. Oh. It was a volley, and that's it. It was nice, uh, but it, it was, was not nice. on target. I it was think. scary, it though. Yeah, uh, yeah, it always I is. was scared. Um, but that's the thing is that like they had. Uh, I, I mean, state that again, in case anybody didn't hear it. Manchester United had more shots on target on their own net than they did on yeah. their opposition's Manchester City, and yet yeah. we sat here hearing about oh, like making excuses for Ole and and basically saying that they they shouldn't be calling for him to be fired, and you know he he if not that, now I, I when like, well. And that was the interesting thing because they've lost out on Conte, which I think a lot of fans have have remorse, like buyers or not, not buyers remorse, not sellers remorse. Um, but uh, now the question becomes, and I've said this before too, like if you're going to fire your manager, you better have a good one. Do it waiting. now. Yeah. But but they didn't. When if you ask a United fan, like, well, who would you have wanted? The first, you'll get two answers, right? The first one is fucking anybody, <laughs> and the second one is shit. I don't really know. You know, it would have yeah. been Conte, but I don't really know. And so yeah. um, they're sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place now. And Spurs have the last you want, laugh. You want to you get nil. another sense of dominance? Go for you it. You ready? Uh, Manchester City had four players with over 100 touches. <laughs> Cancelo, okay. Walker, Rodri, De Bruyne, boss. Okay. And yeah. for United, the top, the, the four players that they had over 50 are Luke Shaw, Fred, Victor Lindelof, and Harry Maguire. 
all four defensive players. Right. Basically, they created nothing. They yeah. did nothing. Uh, scoring, uh, what's this? Shot, shot creating actions. Luke Shaw had two. Ronaldo had two. Fred had one. Fernandez and Juan Basaka each had one. Shot creating opportunities. De Bruyne, six. Gabriel Jesus, five. Uh, Bernardo Silva, four. So this is where you can get, these are basically potential assists and they do mm-hmm. hockey assists. Mm-hmm. So they won, they do. The, so City had 26 shot creating opportunities and United had seven. Yeah, that's about right. And, and by the way, on that topic, a word on De, uh, David De Gea, who I thought was fantastic on the day, but he's I always mean, fantastic. Well, he's, really good. he's had his, he's had his, he's well-traveled. Well, he, we he, yeah, he's, he's been keeping their, keeping them in games lately. Yeah. No, certainly. But I mean, it was listen, it was really, really bad. And I think the laughable thing is, like I was sort of alluding to, is just Ole Gunnar Solskjaer still has a job. We did a whole episode on a sword of Damocles. We got the wrong manager. We've seen Nuno go. Now mm-hmm. we've seen our friend Dean Smith from, uh, that from, Aston, from Aston Villa. And then our friend Daniel Farka, who basically can't win in his league. Although they let him coach. Won. The team won. And then they well, fired him. So these two struck these two firings really struck a chord with me. They're both very strong club guys, yeah. Dean Smith, you really I sigh and that's the I feel like that's the the proper response yeah. cuz yeah. you want to defend it because they were so good last year and they've been so bad in the last month and they've I talked about so it last bad, week to be when fair, they've been, been bad nowhere. for a year to be fair. Like yeah. they have 18 losses yeah. in 2021. Yeah, and it just it stinks. Like that's one where you're like, man, you wish he could have figured it out. And and they've like we talked about, we've we've had a lot of juice, a lot of money on on Villa in our <laughs> shitty bets recently. Yeah, and we've lost yeah, it all yeah, because yeah. So I mean, I think it's sad they handled it really well. I think it's one of those where it's one of those where we thanked you for lifting our club, the players from the team all calling him like the best manager they ever had. Yeah, you know, a guy who is a fan of the club. So Dean Smith gets a lot of respect, and I think he'll get another job fairly quickly. But it Might does open it job. up. It, what? <laughs> yeah, it, it does open up a lot of fun and interesting people to get in. And then Farka was more trust the process. I think he probably knew he was going to get fired before the game because he didn't celebrate any of the goals. Uh, and then they they and then they fired him just before the break. So. If you don't know, there's a guy called Stuart Weber. He's their director of football. He does YouTube videos. You can hear him talk about the process. He's like the, I hate to use the Billy Bean. He's the Theo Epstein of Norwich. <laughs> but he's Norwich. a out front, he's an out front spokesman for the team ahead of the manager, right? It's kind of different in England where you don't, the manager is the only voice you hear. You barely hear the players. There's no coverage. There's no access. You don't hear the board. You don't hear chairman. It's pundits and the manager. And the manager talks for 20 minutes a day, oh, uh, 20 minutes per game. That's it. Mm-hmm. And that's all you get. The fact that they have a, a technical director, uh, president of the team, who does all this talking is great. So you get a little bit of insight into Norwich. He does say things that are weird, like we want to be in the top 25 teams in England. I, don't, I wouldn't like that either. But they yeah. will hire someone interesting. Um, the narrative is Frank Lampard. There's no way they're hiring Frank Lampard. He's not a good coach. Uh, yeah. The narrative on Villa, though, is our friend, Mr. Steven Gerrard, which I like. I like Steven Gerrard. Yeah, be good. <laughs> uh, I like that hire a lot. He has passion. He gets English football. He yells and screams. He gets fired up. He runs down the touchline. He and did that's, that's... take 
Celtic. Sorry, he. Oh, excuse me. Rangers. Oh, he how did dare take you? Rangers to an undefeated season. Now it is a farmers league. I do understand that he hasn't had great success in Europe with Rangers, but that was a, it. It feels like it's he's just been at Rangers. Blah blah blah. He's been there for three years. It's not nothing. So. so- Let's let's be honest. I'd about love to Stevie. because because uh, let me just stop for a second. The Aston Villa job is as good a job as you can get in the Premier League as a first time Premier League manager. Yeah, yeah. And if what I think is true that the Premier League is now getting to be one of the biggest leagues in the world, if I'm an ambitious coach in Europe, that's a job I'd want. Like I would be if I were Graham Potter, I would ditch my team for that team. Yeah, that's a big club, and he's Absolutely. from Sully Hall, which is nearby. <laughs> um, so well, I don't wait, know. Wait, if he's wait. A let's bring fan, it back but... to let's bring yeah. it back to Steven Gerrard. There is no him. question, no qualms about what his eventual intentions are. Is to manage if Liverpool. If they'll have him, <laughs> if they'll have him, this yeah. is how you prove yourself. And by the way, you'll be at Aston Villa for two years, maybe a little more. Um, and that time, I bet you Jurgen Klopp is like, ah, check please. Yeah, I I think it's getting close. I think right? it's getting close. So uh, you're, you're working exactly at exactly reloaded. <laughs> exactly. So, but you're looking at it in the sense that Liverpool are going to have a down year in the next two to three because they Salah's just have ones are gonna. Right. Well, they might be in the midst of one. Who knows? We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, <laughs> uh, Salah's legs will fall off, and uh, you know they they won't have been able to replenish to the point where they should have been able to keeping up. But by the way, their family sports group runs them. They're no Manchester City. They're no Chelsea, right? They are running. No, on they, a, they, you know, they're they're a, they're they're a team with five billion dollars, not fifteen, not fifty. It's right. five billion, which is yeah. But how good. much of that are they really going to spend? Hey, remember the Mookie Betts trade, Family Sports Group. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but in baseball be you don't have. To watch, it's different, all, right? All like, to say, they won't burn Fenway down. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> uh, all that to say, Villa find themselves in sixteenth. Two points off of Burnley for the relegation zone. So they're I mean, the too, move had to be made. They're way too good for that. Of course, but this is where, like I said, it's a great job. Gerard can come in with all of that attacking talent, mold it, um, and and bring them back up to around mid table, which is probably where they belong. Um, the the interesting thing is we're still so in, you know we're about a quarter of the way through the season now, a little more, but you still. Two wins puts you in eighth. Oh, it's right? super. It's super. It's super tight. There's no. Yeah. There are no gaps really. Yeah. It's sort of like yeah. a progressive kind of system. Even Norwich are now pulled level with with Newcastle, and they, I mean that three points between the bottom three is legitimate. But mm-hmm. you know we ha- we'll talk a minute about about that. Uh, Farka, I don't know what's going to happen with Norwich. There's no reason they can't get out of it. They'd win three games out of five and they're in business. Absolutely. Right? And they've got a light stretch coming too, which is why I, I've defended Daniel Farka on this show before, and I'm going to do it again. Uh, I <laughs> dude, just, he's, he's out of his, he's out of his depth, dude. I know. I know. But I, doing it after a win is what I think it was because I was already drunk for college football, but I was like, that was mean. <laughs> Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, it also shows they knew they that, were going to do it already. But it also shows they knew where they were going to do it. That they, they were process driven. Like, oh, you got three more games. Right. Well, if he sucks now, just fire him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think yeah. that three more game stuff. It's bullshit. I don't. It's complete unless, bullshit. Unless these teams are really that badly run that they literally listen to what happens on TV. Like, in some sense, you should admire United for being like, we got our guy. Even if you don't agree with him, we're keeping him. 
Although sure. it's laughable that three coaches have been fired since Ole lost to Liverpool and Manchester City at home by a combined 7-0. Let's mm-hmm. just that's the context we're talking about. Yeah. That's insane. This Manchester yeah. United, they just got Ronaldo. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. and then, you know, we go into that game. Um, I do I do want to talk about the best manager not in, in our, that we've talked about, and that is uh, Senor Moyes of mm. the West Ham. That game was good, uh, and West Ham are level on points with, Manchester with the City. mighty Manchester City. And it's yeah. legit. They are a plus 10. Um, they do it their way. They run the same 11 guys out week after week. Rain, slow, sleep, Europa League, or storm. They go out there and play. Mm-hmm. Uh, they press. They harried. They have the best midfield in the Premier League? No. Who's but, Declan Rice, but Declan Rice is... It, but think about it. Best Premier League in the, in the league in terms of like these two players will be here. Are they better? It, cities are rotating. It could be five guys. Oh, uh, yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? Like the okay. best pair of two guys who play together. It's it's yeah. it's Manchester City, but you know what I mean? Like even Gunnar Solskjaer couldn't fuck up the team if he had <laughs> Rice and Suchek in the midfield. So they've got this best midfield. Well, and, this is and, I, and I and I bet this game because I was like. I didn't put it in our best bets, but I did bet it after the fact. I was like, draw no bet, plus 275. There you go. Um, they have a better midfield than Liverpool does right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to play in the midfield for Liverpool. I'm going to go put this money on West Ham, thinking the draw was the safety. But I did not see them winning the no. game. Uh, there was some controversy. I don't agree. It was a little bit of a... We protect goalkeepers. I'm like, listen, Allison is fucking six foot seven and catches everything. And you're telling me a Bonna fucking hit him. Get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. You dropped it and it went in. Fuck yep. off. So set pieces win. They get two goals on a set piece and two other chances that they broke in with Fornals and Antonio and, uh, and Fornals finished. Allison almost got it. They win 3-1. Origi pulls, sorry, Trent Alexander with the fucking free kick amazing balls that got me the cheap assist for Mo Salah, which was nice in fantasy because <laughs> I needed it <laughs> uh, on the free kick there. And then um, it, it was a touched over. It was really good. I mean, as much as I shit on Trent Alexander-Arnold and he was guilty for the goal by the third goal by West Ham because he literally stood there and uh, Kurt Zuma just flew over him. <laughs> it was oh, like, yeah. oh, I, I guess I should have looked around and maybe boxed somebody <laughs> out, but he just was looking at the ball. Um, and West Ham win, and the place is bouncing. I mean, if you would have told people two years ago when the West Ham supporters were rioting at the owner's box against Burnley, and, near, and, and I think the owners in fear of their lives, because this is West Ham, home of the ICF, and yeah. every hooligan movie ever, uh, that their stadium would come to life, have energy, be a dangerous place to come, and that David Moyes would be their manager, you'd have been like, get the fuck, that's never going to happen. Man, no because chance. the owners tried that. They thought they were getting that in Pellegrini in terms of style of play. Mm-hmm. But what they really realized, what I think the owners really realized is fans just want fight. They don't, it doesn't, have to be entertaining. It doesn't have to be pretty popping the ball around. 
But if you run in and you harry and you kick a guy to get the fucking win and only have 30% possession, you can be an exciting 30% possession team. Oh, you certainly can. And that is what West Ham are. And when I see Mikel Antonio, I go, can we can we buy your your shitty striker who came from shit league just to be like <laughs> can you imagine the the square the round the square peg in the round hole of Manchester City he would make city so different cuz he's like the he's like the fucking broken down jalopy that is like he's like the millennium falcon of of your team he's like yeah it's a piece of shit it's my piece of shit but it's my piece he's of a, shit yeah he's a piece hey, of shit football player she still can, can move all right he can still move right and he would just batter people around he'd fuck up half the passes that good went to him name. <laughs> what the broken the millennium, the millennium falcon, falcon. First. That's such a good fucking nickname. Wow. I don't think, I don't think the nerds will get it for Mikel Antonio. No, you know, we gotta, we gotta have our friend Jesse from the athletic on. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll text him. And uh, yeah, the millennium Falcon. Mikel Antonio. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Maybe we just named this episode, millennium Falcon. See if these names do change anything. Um, yeah. So that was a great win. And West Ham become a story for the league. Listen, they were going to make top four last year. Almost. Rice and Antonio went down in the back end of the season and they couldn't sustain it and they got Europa League. So this is not a fluke. This no. is a real team. And I think the big piece for Liverpool is they give up goals a lot and often. Um, and I think this time, last season, it was their defense where they lost their six, their three pairs of defenders all disappeared. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we've never seen Joe Gomez ever again. He just was eaten by the mm-hmm. fucking turf monster. So I think and they now, have some, some debt from that last year still, right? Like Van Dyke is not 100%. You've got other, other pieces he was, to it. No, but he was great. He was great. He held Antonio in check. The problem is, is that you can get through them and you can get the ball yeah. off them in the midfield mm-hmm. because Tiago Silva is not what he's supposed to be. Gino Ronaldem was a special Thiago, player. I think, Thiago I think they, Thiago, I think the other Tiago. But yeah, no, Thiago, anyway. Tiago, whatever the fuck. Yeah, 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 They're yeah, all yeah, Tiago. Yeah. There's like 14 Tiagos and 37 Silvas, and I don't know which one these Portuguese are. Okay, I'm sorry, <laughs> Rafinha, Rafa. Uh, give me a just. Can you guys have some fucking different names? Christ's sake, <laughs> <laughs> is this part of our misogyny and elitism? Yes, that's yeah. Um, you're very, it's very elite. We're punching down. <laughs> Spell whenever. your names differently. My punching name is down. Laurent from France. Okay, how about that for a name? Enjoy it. <laughs> Sucks. Um, so. So it's the midfield where they're losing out. They don't have the depth they had. Uh, Fabinho wasn't able to affect the game. He had to come off. And I think that this time their 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 weaknesses are in the midfield. And I don't think they realized how good Wijnaldum was in that you could just play him and you could play him every week. And he was always there and he always showed up and he ran and he ran and he ran. And I think that Henderson is probably not as good, although Cresswell kicked him really hard and could have got a red no he's got a lot of miles on him man like that's the thing is that that's the common denominator with this entire team it wasn't it wasn't a knock on van dyke before what i was getting to was exactly what you got to was yeah was the mileage and and the quality in the midfield where it's just it's it's lacking and it's leaving them wide open and the funny thing is that you've got you've compounding it still because you still got Robbo and Trent Alexander Arnold with a peach of a free kick, by the way, uh, which really almost helped me in fantasy. I lost by 0. 0.9 points. And for those of you who aren't in the league, who don't understand, well, what does that mean? That's, the that's total, literally like a fart that yeah. got registered that you we're didn't We're talking get. about 367 points. 
But one guy had 367.9, and I had I don't know where you get those fractions from, you lunatic. Uh, minutes. Ah, you minutes. Point, okay. You get point 0.1 points per ah, minute okay. played. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So West Ham, incredible. Huge story there. Um, the less we talk about the... The less we talk about Antonio Conte's debut with Tottenham, the better. This game was, was okay. Re- it was really unwatchable, but I did tweet during it. It was really, it was a tough watch. It was like, you know, two, two, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think. It's like Maginot line, 1939. France is sitting there going, you know, World War One was hard. I really don't want to do that again. And the Germans are going, is he? Is he really gonna make us go over? I kind of, kind of not sure. So they stood there for a year, and uh, and and the English gave away Czechoslovakia. Anyway, so that's the, that's that's the, my World War II reference that have been disappearing. But that's what it felt like. It was very much a stalemate, a very much yeah. a quiet game. But what I did see from Spurs was fight. They mm-hmm. fought. They fought for 50-50s. It was not a meek, passive performance. They just have the same problem they've had, which is they can't create anything. I didn't realize this, and I tweeted it. Spurs are the second lowest scoring team mm -hmm. in the Premier League. And where do you think that? Where do you think that falls? The 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 blame of that falls. And I'll tell you why. Narrative says it's Harry Kane. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) I know. I know. It's still to this day. Erickson has never been replaced. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, Um, they need a creative midfielder. Looking at trying. Looking at their you can't have, and this can, is, they can't play Skip and Hoiberg. They can't. This yeah. As much this as is a deviation. As much as you want them to, you can't. No, this is a deviation from what they had been doing. Obviously, Conte coming in with the three four three, but so you've had the three across the back: Reggion, Skip, Hoiberg, and Emerson. Now, that's Reggion, good. It's you need to effectively play with a more or less having one holding and one forward. And Hoiberg is the most frustrating because he's played it really well for Denmark. We saw it. We fawned over it all summer long. But the weird thing is, he, he, I think that was a, a shot across. That fucking pass, you cunt. Right. But I think it was a shot across in Dombele's bow that he didn't get a start. Um, Lo Celso came on. And it's funny how um, he, this is a microcosm of Gia Lo Celso. Uh, as a Tottenham Hotspur player. Oh, the, the cross that was like off the ground. So before that, <laughs> before that, he picks up a loose ball uh, right around the uh, 30 yards out or so, maybe a little less. And he gets a step and he curls it off the post. And I went, the fuck, where did that come from? Inches away. Because you know what? Everton went, oh, it's that fucking guy. Yeah, do your worst, pal. And he actually almost made him eat it. And then later on in the game, uh, stoppage time, Everton take a red card, straight red. Um, and we have one last opportunity. It's a corner kick from the left side, and it bounced before it hit the first man. It was the worst corner kick I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and Spurs yeah, yeah. fart noise and don't get anything from it. Yeah, I, um, I think I think I yeah. wonder. I wonder what the team could look like. I think I think I, Conte will figure it out. There's no doubt about it. He will figure it out. But I wonder if you're what going the team to play look, that that midfield. How do you play? Maybe you have to play Lo Celso and Ndombele. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Probably not. Um, but uh, listen, if you're going to play that midfield, I don't necessarily hate that. But you can't have a three-man island, right? You have to have which, – which had happened for some of the game. Ironically, Lucas is a guy who will tr- will try and travel with the ball. 
right? He carries and and, He does not break lines, though. With right. The well, I understand. But um, he has done it before. He's not necessarily the guy you expect to do it. But do you want him as a speedster on the wing? Do you want him trying to cut through places? Do you because he's never been the guy who makes eye contact with the 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 guy on the other side of the field and makes a run and gets hit for for a, you know for a ball? He's never been that guy, despite the fact that he's so fast. Yeah. So does he make they, way? They, 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 some something has to give. They've got to find you know a way. Listen, the only, know, the only thing that we know is the only thing that we is Erickson is going to come back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> the only thing we know is that Kane and Son have to play. Uh, I, I would, I would be wary to be like, Harry, will you just tell Southgate that you're hurt or something, please? Uh, Can you just not play for England? Just give me a minute. You know, I mean, yeah. look, and and let's be clear, there have been eight or nine players from that England team that went all the way to the final who have had yeah. shit seasons. Yeah, shit seasons. Okay. Yeah. Um. Half of them are on United, I feel like, but uh... <laughs> yeah, but that's not because of fucking United. That's because of because that's of because I of know, Ole. I know, I know. Uh, but but so so I, we're not, and you know, I'll defend him till you know the day I'm dead. But uh, it's it's not it's not a Harry Kane problem. It's a midfield, and it's a service problem. I get it. Many get times it. over the course of his tenure, Spurs, he's been absent or uninvolved or whatever. Now the narrative whatever, is that he doesn't whatever. want to be there. Well, what whatever the reason is. He's not getting the ball and he's not scoring and he's lacking confidence because he feels like he has to score. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I get that. What you need is Alan St. Maximin. And that's where I want to go to. <laughs> you do. You do. You need a Mercury. I like him. Weirdo. I love him a lot. I love like... him. Um, and I, wanna do, I do want to go to Newcastle. Not for their game. They got a draw versus Brighton. Sad for Brighton. Fucking sucks because that's uh, yes. it. I'm not excited about that. Uh, that was part of my my super parlay Laurent Love Fest. Uh, but Eddie Howe is there, and he has officially been appointed, 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 appointed. Um, and then he reunites with Callum Wilson, Frazier, and Richie. So he's got some guys he knows there. I I have a I have a take on this, and one of the things I worry about for that is, hey, we lost another dinosaur manager. But maybe Eddie Howe's Bournemouth was living off being better than the dinosaurs. And the less dinosaurs there are, the more you'll notice that he had the worst defensive teams ever in the Premier League. (laughs) So if everyone plays, who is he going to be? Right? Because his whole thing was like, I don't care. I I go for the wins rather than the losses. And I'm going to be better than these three goon teams that I can feast on and get my points off of. But if everyone's playing, like, who's going to go down? Well, there's one obvious one, but they're the kings of not going down. I wouldn't even say – I wouldn't even call Early. it staying up. <laughs> yeah, it's just not going down so much, right? Like right. a draw. They are the hit. draw. They draw the Premier League. Yes. <laughs> what? How would you characterize Watford, though? They're going down. No, I know, but, he- like – are, but is it because that they're going to play themselves out of the league or they're not going to show up and even try? Oh, oh, uh, Ranieri's a defensive coach. Yeah, right. So, so he has – that's two. There's three spots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and Norwich are already in a hole, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, although Norwich relative to Newcastle, the only difference is – well, it's a nine-goal difference. But, and then I guess, um, the, I guess one of the questions is, is, are our friends at Brentford really in trouble? They're slipping. Uh, and then our friends at Leeds – are, so, are are in a troublesome spot. So it's somebody it's in this range of Brent. I mean, we don't think that Brentford Leeds or Aston Villa are going down. 
Like it's so, there's only four teams that can go down. Let's go in on Brentford, about, right? Let's go in on Brentford for a if second. They don't this have is their going keeper. to test. This is going to test a theory right. yeah. that we talked about on the show before the season started. Before we told you that they would beat Arsenal, um, they had a, a philosophy where they're going to be um, focusing on the quality of play as much, if not more, than the results when making personnel decisions, both for players, for managers, for backroom staff, whatever. Um, well, they lost. They've, they've been losing, right? What are they at? They're four of the last five they've lost, which is which is not great, Bob. Um, but four in the league, so four on the bounce. That's what I'm saying. Four. They've lost four on the bounce. And you look at this and you go, well, they played the Norwich off the park. I, I think the, the expected goals, if I'm looking at it, yeah, was one, it's a whole goal. It's two seven nine, so it's two and a half, two point eight to one point one. Uh-huh. Right now, they got battered by Burnley. I understand that when they badly. lost a game against Leicester where they got hit on the counter. And if I were to guess, yeah, they had more expected goals. Not to say that XG is the end all and be all, because again, as we've talked about on the show, it, it does not. Yeah, it, it, it's devoid of context. So I'm not just going off of that specifically. What I'm merely saying is, is that are we really going to and, and 12 points is not eight in the context of, of the they got a the big game. Rally. They're going away after the break to Newcastle. OK, got to get that game. Huge, huge. Have to. Um, <laughs> because huge. and that's going to be tough because it'll be Howe's first game again, like we thought with with Spurs, Spurs going yeah. there after the purchase. And and to be fair, Newcastle did come out and punch Spurs in the mouth. They did, uh, but and I they were like scared. You, their lip. you were <laughs> worried. You're like, fucking motherfuckers. Uh, but the quality at Newcastle is quite low. Like that's a bad team. Yes, and you can get at them. Uh, but if Burnley go up there thinking they're gonna guess go get that those points, they're gonna be in trouble. Now, Ivan Tony does come from that area. He was a Newcastle player, so maybe. He'll be excited to go back up there and maybe he'll find some groove. But, you know, we have to worry. These are all viable things where there are players that, you know, they're not going to they don't have crazy money and the players are unproven and all those things about Frank. And are they ready for the fight and can they go again? So they they can be pulled in despite the fact that we've loved them. Uh, Same with Leeds last season. Yeah, same with Leeds last season. There's no reason that they can't get sucked down, but Rafinha has been incredible. He saved their ass again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, drawing let me, level let me go to that game in a second, but I still want to have another word on Brentford because I'm obsessed yeah. with them. But <laughs> that's the thing that I'm so fascinated about. Four out of five, four on the bounce, uh, lost in the league. You could say some of the results, they were, they were harsh. Some of them, they weren't. Nope. Um, so where does that sort of leave Frank? I don't think... I don't oh, he's say, fine. He's fine. No, they're not, they're not going to fire him. Well, here's the thing. We're at, we're talking it's November 9th, right? Um, the games no are going to come. international breaks and they come fast. They're going to come thick and fast from basically after the break, which is the 20th, November 20th through January 10th, realistically. You're going to play uh, probably I think, 10, I think it's 10 10 games in that stretch. So you're basically doubling the data you have between now and then. At what point? If they decide he's starting to be on thin ice, because look, we didn't think that uh, that Aston Villa uh, Smith, geez, yeah. sorry, brain fart. Uh, we didn't think he was on that thin of ice. You know, we were like, all right, it's getting there, but not not Dean Smith to the point where he would get fired. So, if Brentford again 
it's all about the context too. If they lose that game to Newcastle, how much how much leash does does our friend Thomas Frank have? Right. So I think I think he's fine. I mean, I can't imagine they'd fire him. So let's see. I don't think they will either because I think that they've got a, the they being the 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 men who run Brentford. But what I'm saying is, if they look bad. And I don't think that they will. But if they've they've gotten their doors blown off by Burnley, that's a really bad loss. That right? was a really bad loss. So if you start to pile up really bad losses, two teams that you should beat, that's a recipe for disaster. That's a recipe for getting fired. If you got your shit kicked in by a Liverpool, by a City, by even Wolves or Spurs, okay, fine. You're a newly promoted team. You took your lumps. You get some lessons. You go again next week. But if these are games that you're sort of looking at and you're saying, all right, I got to get to that magic 40 number or 35 number, whatever it's going to be to stay here next year. Those are numbers that you're crossing off that you you counted on at the beginning this of the is, season. This, so you're ready for my big problem? So Raya didn't have a great save percentage for them, 69%, 70%, which is sort of league average. Uh, faced 29 shots, had 20 saves. Alvaro Fernandez, their new keeper, Nine shots on target, five saves. That's fifty-five percent save percentage. If yeah. he does not get that number up, they are they They're will start trouble. losing games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, goalkeepers sure. matter. <laughs> you don't notice it until you have a shitty one. Well, if yeah, they well, have a shitty, exactly if it. they if they have a shitty one, they're really in trouble. Even like it's not a joke. What I would say is it's disproportionate. It's on a curve on the lower part of this quality scale, right? Like you feel a shitty goalkeeper so much more than you feel an incredible keeper. And with that said, Chelsea and Edward Mendy are at the top of the table. And I understand it's mostly to do with him, but uh, you feel when they had Kepa. It was your, there was fear panic. And it's, it's also it's loss aversion, right? It's human nature. One on one. You feel points lost or a, a much bad worse. goal much yes. more than the, yes. frankly, the Chelsea Brentford game. And that's yes. one game that was, is going to be a feather in Thomas Frank's cap, yeah. not the other way around, even though they lost, right? Yeah. Because they beat they the they, piss out of them. They didn't get that. Um, I do want to, I do think we should probably just talk very briefly about Chelsea dropping points. They battered Burnley. Burnley had one shot. Uh, we, you, I think you were, you called this one. Sure did. You thought that there would be a draw. And they got it. It was not. It was a bad day at the office, but there is something. So, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but Burnley and Sean Dyche actually outperform their expected XG and goals in every year they're in the league. They are yeah. an outlier. If you made a chart of where teams cluster in shots and allowed and whatever, it's always in the same spot. And then mm-hmm. it's Burnley is way out here to the point <laughs> that you can't actually include them in your data because you're like, I don't know what Burnley do. But this is the type of shit that Burnley do. They yeah. get battered and get results. I don't yep. know how they do it. I don't know why it happens. There's some, there is a togetherness, a fight. It can't just be that they get lucky because they do it year after year after year. So yep. the the Deich magic uh, comes through. Uh, I know you loathe to say that Arsenal's playing well, but the fact is Arsenal's playing well. <laughs> no, Emil Smith Rowe. Look, Emil Smith Rowe is, is turning this this team around. Um, yeah. Well, they I don't give up goals. They don't give up goals. Yeah. I tried to tell everybody. I'm like, they had the third best defense in the league last year. Yeah. They had the third best defense in the league last year. There was some controversy in this game in that Smith Rowe scored a goal where there was a where there was a Watford player knocked out in the 18 yard box. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, um, you know, it's it's a if if you have an unwritten rule that people want to enforce, make it a fucking rule. Make it a Otherwise, rule. shut the fuck up. 
right? I don't want to oh, hear Spurs that. Spurs got fucked on it the, in the in the West Ham game? No, 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 sorry. Uh, Wilfred Zaha in the Crystal Palace game. Oh, yeah. uh, same exact thing. That's why Tanganga, who has been banished to the nether realm, um, uh, took the first of two pretty much back-to-back yellow cards when he went after Zaha, right? So um, oh, right, you're right, right. Right, right. You're right. You can complain about it, but if it's a rule, then it will stop, right? And the weird right. thing is that much like many things in, in European football, it's sort of a rule, right? Like if he was clutching his head, they'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa stop the game. Yeah, they would but blow the whistle. You know, so if he's just trying to, if he's lying down and being weird, uh, then no. And the uh, thing by the is, way, is that, like, can I, can I talk, yeah. can I, can I do a digress and a sideshow and a tangent? Do it. Connor Gallagher, you are the greatest player I've ever seen. You win games by yourself and between Zaha and Gallagher, I think Crystal Palace are going to finish in the top 10. <laughs> Holy shit. What a fucking legend. I can't Durant's deal with him. I'm in, he's been going I'm in love with him. church a he's, lot more. He's completely he's been in the replaced Jack Grealish as my love child. He's oh, got yeah. the same hair. It's ironic he's, because Grealish is on your fucking team now. I don't care. I don't love my team. I love other people's teams. Yeah. Much more than my own team. I mean, I'm looking at his picture right now. What a man. <laughs> uh, I can't deal with Connor Gallagher and his awesomeness. He just yeah. is everywhere. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking where. He's Connor Gallagher. And he and Crystal Palace with their – admit it. Wilfred Zaha is a son of a bitch. But if he was on your team, you would love him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's fucking fun as shit, that dude. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. And he's a shithouser. And had Spurs bought him in the years that <laughs> Pochettino wanted him, you wouldn't be having this fucking problem. No, well, we had Sonny, so it would have been one or the other. But no, it wasn't even no, Spurs that wanted no, him. You no, had it was, no, it was Arsenal who wanted him. It wasn't even Spurs, um, oh, which, okay. oh, my God, I would <laughs> I would have put a hit out on him by now at this point if he was on <laughs> Arsenal. Um, but yeah, no, so it's – There's a little Vieira na- narrative, a little juice on Vieira's it side. It's interesting. Uh, a little that they had, they won the transfer window. So we're covering all the teams. There's a lot of good stuff going on. And especially as we're going into the international break, there should be nothing unturned that we don't talk about that. We don't sort of, you know, lament and, and feel good about and think about in terms of what we feel, because when these games go and there's a two week break, there is a deep sense of longing, emptiness, and sadness. I feel like, Charlie Brown staring out the window when it's raining, and my only friend is fucking Linus, and that makes you Linus. Uh, <laughs> although I do have a bigger here. head, so I'm probably Charlie Brown. You're definitely yes, you're much more Linus than I. Am. Okay, I'll take it. I'll go He's with much uh, more I'm optimistic. Probably, I'm, I'm more of a peppermint patty, you know. A lesbian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I, don't I can know. say that. I'm not sure. Ah, I'm we're sure. punching down sure. again. Stop punching down. I don't think we're punching down, sir. What the fuck relationship See, was there that? There you go, sir. Marcy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Patty. That was weird. Fucking Norwegians. Anyway, uh, do you have any anywhere you want to go, Mike? Any, have no, any, any uh, final not thoughts? for not for today. But on Friday's episode, we will be re- or previewing USA Mexico, which is going to be a lot of fun. A uh, huge, huge game for the Americans, and it sounds like Pulisic is going to show up. So, um, very get. excited for that. I'm excited. Oh, I have a, I have a comment. I thought of this because people talking about I got into one of these conversations with Kartik and the American fans. And I was like, is Pulisic just Jerry Derlefeo? <laughs> oh, man, maybe. Shit. 
Our best player is Jerry Delafeo. That's all you have to know. Yeah. Come on, he's not that yeah. good. He's fucking Jerry Delafeo, who, by the way, I loved when he was, was at Everton, big when he was fan. at Watford. He was fun as fuck. I was, he, was a, he was a fantasy darling at Watford. And yeah. his fucking weird-ass fucking haircut. I don't know where he is now. I can find Jerry Delafeo, but he, is Christian I know Pulisic this. just Jerry Delafeo? I think the answer is yes. Oh. By the way, I did find some old friends. I was watching Real Sociedad uh, play because they're top of La Liga, and... Uh, there was David Silva and Adnan Janazai leading the team. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. And our friend Isak uh, from Sweden. That he's Udinese. Oh. I, I knew oh, that he's in, because. He's in Italy. Because so, they, they beat, played Salernitana. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they beat the shit out of Salernitana recently. <laughs> we'll give an Napoli. update on that. that Let's see. Oh, no. Was it, uh, was it Napoli? They got, they, got smoked. they got smoked by Lazio, um, which was a game that's fine. But there's a couple oh, of big six-pointers. A couple Lazio, of big six-pointers coming up for them. Um, so I'm, Lazio, I'm feeling... I want you to know, literally a fascist team that, of course, I did the grandson that. of Benito Mussolini is on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Salernitana like, sitting in can, 19th. You cannot be that on brand, Lazio, to actually yeah. have the son of the guy who invented, the grandson of the guy who invented fascism is on your team and say, <laughs> we're not fascists. You're fucking fascist. It's okay. They even have a fucking golden eagle on their shirt. Oh, come on. No, I mean, I don't love that it's a Nazi symbol, but the shirt is, it's sky it looks blue. Good. It's hey, come on. Listen, <laughs> style knows no politics especially okay. in the fucking uh italian league the logos yeah. everything is cool except for sampadoria i think they have just a a, a logo of a hobo i was is about to say their what is crest, that shadow their crest actually looks like like the, um you know like the um the solo cups from like the 90s with that just like the spray on the green like the neon and purple like that's kind yeah. of what they're they're rocking there um but speaking of that's who salernitana plays next and I'm nervous because they play Sampdoria, they play Cagliari, and those three teams make up the bottom three right now. This is going to be basically a, a two-game stretch for Salernitana where we're going to find out if they can get their heads above water even for a second because after that they play Juve, Milan, and Fiorentina and then enter in the league. So they're not oh, going to get a point so out no of wins. any of those four games. <laughs> so if they can get two wins, which I think they can, and and just bank six points and then just sit back <laughs> for a little you're not while. Stay, you're not staying in the league, okay? You're going down. Hey, okay. Hey, this These two games are going to go a long way because these are two beatable teams. So if they're okay. literally – Salernitana is 19 on seven. Sampdoria is 18 on nine. And Cagliari is in dead last. We do have the worst goal difference, but that's going to change. <laughs> All right, Mike. Give me my cue. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the Chop Sport Network, despite the fact we don't read ads anymore. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And please, please, please leave a review and rate the show because we'll read about your thing on the show because we love you all. And that is all. I will see you on Friday, but then I'll be off for a week. Yeah. And Mike will be running the show. That's going to be terrifying.